0: Hi, all, and welcome along to a new episode. Um, I think this is episode 38, and for the second week running, I've actually got someone who I interviewed. This week it's Charlie Tom. Like you'll hear in the interview, me and Charlie have known each other for about a year or so and I just went on to speak to him about his new up-and-coming zine and his old zine, the nuclear option. So, without further ado, here's the interview. Hello and welcome along to
1: a new episode of On The Streets. Um, I've got uh, another UK photographer to uh, interview this week. And it is Charlie Tom. Uh, Me and Charlie are part of um, a group called Your Exhibition. And I met Charlie last year when we went along to a photo fair. That was the first time we actually met. And we had a wander around with a couple of other members of the um, collective, I guess you'd call it. And, uh, yeah, we had a bit of a fun time. And... I'll let Charlie introduce himself, and um, away you go. So, welcome to the show, Charlie. Thank you. Thank you, George. Thanks for having me on. So, do you want to tell people a little bit bit about yourself? Sure. Um, uh, I'm Charlie. I'm a
2: 20-year-old film photographer from Sussex in England. Um, I shoot a lot of 35mm, sometimes 120, sometimes Polaroids. Um, I'm, I'm at university at the moment studying media production in Southampton. Obviously, that's you know, been a bit hindered by the current yes. situation. So, um, yeah, but I've had some time working on a new zine. I made a few zines during my film photographic kind of journey, which started back in 2017-ish. So, yeah, I'm always keen to learn new um, new things.
1: <laughs> so, I mean, like, like I say, we, we first met back in, I, I think it was about a year ago, April, when we... Well, I mean, we knew each other through Instagram and through um, your uh, exhibition, but we actually physically met uh, in real life uh, about a year ago when we all ended up going to the photography fair, where you ended up uh, – did you swap out a camera or you bought, bought did, a new camera? I did, cam-
2: yeah. Um, I did the worst camera swap probably <laughs> in my life. I swapped out <laughs> you're not going to believe this. Uh, it was a Nikon FM2N with a – 50 mil pancake. Um, I had that, and I swapped it out for a contact 2A um, mm. with a Jupiter 8. It wasn't didn't even have a Zeiss glass on it. Um, I can't remember how much I paid for the swap. Oh, it's like fifty quid
1: or something. All right. Yeah. Are you still using that?
2: Oh no, I swapped the contacts out for the liker I have now. So, oh, so every cloud has its silver lining. I got So,
1: them. so what liker have you got now?
2: I have a 3F black dial with a um, 50 mil Elmar.
1: Uh, very nice. Mm,
2: so, working man's cameras might go on them, say.
1: So. <laughs> yeah. Um, think so, and also, I mean, you, uh, around this time last year as well, you would just come back from Chernobyl, and you—that's right, you, you'd, yeah. You'd, you'd um you'd put your zine out as well. So, uh, do you want to? Um, because I'm interested in zines. Obviously, I I got a copy of your zine shortly. I think shortly after it came out, and as. Uh, i noticed you posted the other day that it's still selling you're still getting uh requests for it as well so do you want to give us a bit of background on chernobyl in the first place and also about the zine because obviously you say you're a 20 year old so you know you weren't around when chernobyl happened so was it uh chernobyl something that interests you and that's why you went out there or was it just uh you know you you fancy traveling out to ukraine and yeah, you know, just explain that that side of it for us.
2: Yeah, sure. Um so around kind of like in January last year, um me and my mate Scott, we love going places just cheaply. Um I was figuring out somewhere to go because I'd never been abroad on my own before, you know. Mm-hmm. Um so I was thinking about where to go. I don't know where it came from. I just thought, "Oh, I'll go to Chin- Chernobyl." Do they do tours of that? I Google it. Yeah, they do. <laughs> Um, Yeah, it's always interesting to me what happened there. Obviously, it's um, it's such a a rich topic, you know. It's not something that humans really kind of even understand to this day about the effects of nuclear radiation on people and everything. Um, And it's just so fascinating about the disaster and its consequences. And I just wanted to go learn about it and go see it for myself, you know. Okay. Um, Booked flights. Booked a, a hostel. Got our passports. Went. Um, I brought about. I brought my Nikon FM2 that I had at the time, um, and an old Canon and a Roly and a Rolie B35. Not a Rolie Fax, but yeah, just some cameras, some film. Just went there. Um, shot those pictures. Um, Kiev is a really, really nice city. I'd I'd recommend Ukraine if you haven't, if you don't go. It's incredibly cheap. The people are really nice. Food's good. Um, just go. It's great. Um, so we went to Chernobyl took loads of pictures there Um it was only just kind of like halfway through the trip I only spent a day in Chernobyl but I, I rattled through a ridiculous amount of film um, and I figured oh I can make a project out of this uh, I'd made one zine before and it was just kind of like a stepping stone to something that was this and I think it was I don't know my first zine was called latent image and it was just this I just threw loads of pictures together and just made a zine because I could you know and I think that's the point of zines. Zines don't really have to have a meaning behind them. You can just make them for the fun of it. And that was what that was. And I think this one kind of turned into a real proper project, like a big project. So I got home and I spent a month putting it all together, getting all the PDFs and everything. And I I had a few zines at the time and I'd, I'd noticed none of them have text in them, you know. Yeah. So I... um. I wanted to have a narrative to it, you know, something that would give it like a, a more general appeal than, than to just film photographers. So I ended up writing out all my experiences in Chernobyl, um, all the things that I noticed, all the things that interested me. Um, and kind of like the story of my journey through Chernobyl, through the day, through the tour, um, things that I, I found fascinating. And I wrote them down and annotated them with all the pictures. Um, and that's kind of what conceptualized the book that's how it was born really Uh, and the amount of support I got from the community was overwhelming I mean I think I think mainly the subject matter but also like the kind of different approach of the zine um, proved to show its popularity but yeah I was absolutely overwhelmed with the support and it's still selling now Um, I've just announced a new zine from my other travels in America Mm -hmm. and the nuclear option has just sold out for the fifth time um, and I'm going to have to order more copies (laughs) <laughs> Which isn't, you know, I, I I don't really know what to say.
1: It's, it's amazing. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it like you say, you're you, you're um you're into your fifth edition of it, so you know that that that's quite good. And it's not. I mean, I know you mention it every now and again, but it, it's not like you're promoting it uh constantly. So it you know it, it's good that people are are seeing it and still pick uh you know interested in picking up a copy of it.
2: Mm. Yeah, certainly, yeah. Um, I think it's just, i just leave it on Etsy, really, and and it comes up in the tags and people, a guy from um, South Carolina messaged me, he he bought it, and I'd never heard of him in my life, I don't have him on Instagram, he's just gone on Etsy, looked it up on Chernobyl, bought a copy, and in the notes he said, "Um, after this lockdown's over, I really want to go to Chernobyl, so I bought a copy of this book. And he also said, oh, if you mind, let me know who you went with and stuff like that.
1: Oh, okay.
2: so, yeah. I know. I think it's it's so many people that I don't even know have just reached out to me and bought this book, and it's 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 incredible. It's gone to I think I counted this morning seventeen U.S. states, um, which okay. just blew me away.
1: Uh, that's quite. Yeah, that's quite a lot. Yeah, and um, and you say this was your second zine. So how I mean, how easy was it actually? putting it together were, were you um quite confident of actually doing the thing or did you have to learn new techniques and you know, uh, software to put it together
2: um i used the same techniques that i i used in my first scene but i learned a lot of lessons from that first scene so the first scene was kind of hastily thrown together i didn't really pay any attention to um like design and layout and stuff it was just one picture one page um and that was it really uh it was a very basic zine that's probably why it was so cheap. Uh, all black and white, no fancy cover or anything. But with this, I wanted a bit more premium quality. So I kind of I put it together in Photoshop. Um, I've never got on with InDesign. Uh, everyone's saying, oh, Charlie, use InDesign. Mm. Um, and even with my new book, 66 pages, I did each page individually in Photoshop because I couldn't be bothered to use InDesign. I maybe, maybe with my next book I'll use it. But um, yeah, I, I learned quite a lot of lessons in designing and stuff and um at university i started um oh no, un- i don't know i was at university at the time but i'd gone through college doing photography and i kind of dabbled in photoshop and learned some lessons and practice so i had all that practice from the from from the year that had passed between them so i kind of i i put a lot of attention into the the design and layout because i wanted it to be i don't know have a nice narrative i wanted it to flow well
1: and yeah uh, so which it that which actually it does i mean um if anyone uh, um, has seen it and that like i say it, it it reads well and the photographs work well with each other across pages as well so yeah it it's it, it's pretty well put together
2: oh, thank you george yeah uh i, I up the production quality a bit as well i just kind of um i wanted a nice card cover and I fancy like um, paper stocks and stuff and it was in color this one and it proved to be a, a little bit more expensive, but I think it was definitely worth it in the end. And I've noticed the trend with my zines at the moment, it seems to be going up exponentially in like production cost and quality. Um,
1: yeah. yeah. Which is, um, like you said that, that you, cause your latest one now is from, um, last year, last summer, which was part of your gap year. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's correct. Yeah.
1: So yeah, where you went, you went across to America.
2: That was, that's right. Yeah. So, um, after that one uh Chernobyl was in March 2019 um as part of my gap year and I started working again doing loads of shifts um, and a retail job that I had and um saved loads of money and I wanted to go to the USA that was kind of my main my main goal for my gap year Chernobyl just kind of came up (laughs) um so I Booked everything for America, and I travelled the United States and Canada for three weeks, um, completely alone, with a bag full of cameras, snacks, clothes, and just other teenage bits. Um, Yeah, I was amazed how I got around. I found it quite easy. Um, But yeah, it's just kind of, I brought my Leica and documented my travels in the States, things that I noticed, similar to Chernobyl, really. I just kind of, I don't really capture specific things, it's just things that interest me i photograph you know yeah. so there's quite an eclectic mix in that book as um portraits and landscapes and street and i think they all kind of blend well together
1: yeah um, yeah
2: each, each city i kind of i had it, it had its own flavor so new york i shot a lot of black and white like tri-x and t-max and stuff like that uh, la i shot a lot of color because it's nice and but it's california isn't it so yes hmm. um yeah i just i don't know um and when I was making the the book, Coast to Coast, is what I ended up naming it, I, I spent ages trying to name it. It started off as a project called Go West, but then I realized that's an 80s pop band. So, <laughs> um, Yeah, so um, I, I ended up using chapters. I shot a lot of Polaroids, and when I got back, I looked at the Polaroids. I think, hey, I have enough images from each city. I can put it into its own kind of story. So I have chapters in this book, um, and each chapter has its own flavor, so has its own kind of style of images its own um, subject matter its own color palette and i think that works really well in kind of making it a bit interesting otherwise you just keep reading and reading and you get a bit boring but i like to freshen things up a bit so i think it worked quite well
1: yeah i mean i've seen a um a couple of pages from your proof copy that you've just recently had back from the printers and um i think one of the double page spreads was i think it's it must be uh, across on the west coast because it looks so sunny but it's the i think there's a a woman sunbathing on the beach with the a yellow umbrella and then the opposite page is um a bicycle leaning up against the sign which is an actual yellow sign as well yeah yeah is that's that right. correct yeah
2: that was um, um that was in santa monica um santa monica pier that's not actually a woman that's a homeless person Oh right. Sheltering from the sun. I didn't I didn't really um notice it until the picture I kinda of remembered oh yeah, I zoom in, it's yeah, I don't know, there was so much there was a lot more homelessness in the United States than there is here. I don't know if that's just because I was in the really dense cities, but it was quite sad to see the amount of homelessness that was that's kind of just right in front of your eyes. And it's everywhere, mm-hmm. even on like bits that are glamorized and all the movies and stuff, and you go there and it's it's a lot different when you when you actually go there for yourself. And I think that's kind of similar to Chernobyl in a sense, but obviously not on such a big scale. But um, yeah, I think that spread is kind of one of the best in the book. It has a nice strong, consistent color palette and the arrow on the sign points down towards the the guy in the under the umbrella and i think it's a bit of a, a commentary on homelessness in america as well right right okay
1: yeah like i say i only saw it on your instagram stories i think either yesterday or today when you sure yeah. you posted a copy of the proof so um i will so
2: send you a, a, a pdf if you want
1: to have a flick through oh uh, yeah that'd be great yeah um, uh, i mean i wouldn't mind uh obviously once um you get the book up i know you've got it on pre-order at the moment so i will yeah. i will be ordering a copy oh thanks sir um, yeah, because like I say, it's good to support, you know, everyone within the community. And, um, you know, like I say, I like your Chernobyl one. So I'm expecting to, this to be just as good, if not better. So that's putting pressure on you now. <laughs> yeah. So um, obviously in the middle of this lockdown, um, you can't get out and shoot. So are you actually shooting indoors or, or I mean, because a lot of people are saying, oh, yeah, you know, do projects indoors and stuff. And for me personally, um, you yeah, know, I'm a bit like you. I, I like to shoot street stuff and be out architecture and stuff like that. And to actually shoot stuff indoors, to me, I just I can't get the enthusiasm. Um, how, how are you finding it?
2: Well, yeah, uh, I'm not surprised you like going out. It's on the streets podcast,
1: isn't it? <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah at home podcast oh, yeah. in the house podcast How uh, I, yeah yeah, yeah. i not
1: i'm not sure that would works so well
2: <laughs> yeah maybe not um are you taking street photos of a cat <laughs> um yeah i don't know i i like being outdoors when i take pictures i don't really i'm not really one of the people who says oh carry a camera wherever you go shoot this shoot that i miss loads of opportunities and it it's a it's a right bummer but i like having being able to like disconnect from having a social life and taking pictures. I love taking pictures. I spend a lot of time taking pictures, but sometimes I just want to switch off and just have a social life. Um, So I'll kind of have designated times where I'll just go out and shoot, I'll just get a camera and go, or I'll say to a friend, like, oh, hey, do you want to go here and take some pictures or something? Yeah, but um, at home, I've found a couple of things to do. I've been doing quite a lot of self-portraits, but most of it has just been doing a lot of uni work, um i put this whole zine together book zine i put it all together during my time in lockdown so i think it's it's been really good for productivity i don't think i would have even gotten around making it (laughs) until the summer if this hadn't happened um yeah i don't know i'm I'm trying i'm trying to take pictures at home i did a nice self-portrait i think turned out pretty well but um yeah uh i see all these photo challenges as well and they're I don't know. I just don't really get on with them. I
1: just no, like it I, uh, awesome. Yeah, I, I'm pretty much the same. I, I, I am struggling. I mean, I'm in the middle of um, a year-long project shooting box cameras. And um, okay. so far this month, I've not even shot uh, – I think I've sh- – well, hang on. Camera's here. How many have I shot? I've shot seven pictures where normally by halfway through the month, I would have shot at least two rolls, you know.
2: Oh, yeah?
1: Uh, i just can't there's just nothing out there to shoot at the moment um that's
2: a big project so, so are you doing a picture a day on a box camera
1: no no not a picture a day it's um neil piper um started this at the start of the year or it actually into february it it just crept over into february and um basically it's just you know shoot a minimum of a roll in a box camera um for each month so oh, that, all right, yeah that's what we're supposed to be doing but At the moment. I mean, I've been out, I was out yesterday shooting um, some flowers and stuff, but it's not, you know, they're not my subjects, so... Yeah, it's tricky, isn't
2: it? There there are, at the end of the day, I, I like to shoot everything, but I like shooting some things more than others, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, it's like portraits. I'm not very good at portraits. Uh, all my portraits end up looking like passport photographs. So, <laughs> so it, it's always a problem. I, I'm not I'm just not comfortable shooting people in in that respect. Uh, I, I can go, you know, if I'm out on the streets and I see someone and I think, oh, they, they make a good subject. So I will go up to them and I'll ask them if I can take a picture. And yeah, sure. It, in that instant, I can normally get a reasonable portrait, but when you're, when you've got time on your hands and you're trying to sit there and, and get someone to sit the way you want or something, I just find that quite difficult. I don't know about you. You the same.
2: I'm, I think I'm the complete opposite, really. I I don't really, when I shoot street, it's a very kind of reserved form of street. It's quite mild. I don't really, I'm not a Bruce Gilden sort in your face. I hate that. I can't, Mm. I just don't have the, the balls for it, really. Um, I rarely, if it's like a, a picture that I won't offend someone by asking it. Like one time I, um, I went up, I was in Brighton and I was at the train station. There was this old man playing a piano at the train station. And I kind of asked him, I was like, Hey, can I take your picture? He's like, yeah, sure. It's just things like that. Um, But I, I'm not very confident in asking people, can I take your picture? It's something I really need to work on. Mm. Whereas if I have time, I love shooting bands. Um, if I'm comfortable around someone, I think I can I can really kind of shine with my portraits. Um, I think it's, yeah, it's just a matter of being comfortable around someone to be able to kind of express your kind of view of them with a camera.
1: Yeah, oh, most definitely. And uh, like you say, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've been shooting street for probably, I don't know, six, seven years, and... Some days I'm comfortable with it. Some days I'm not. It's uh, yeah. Sometimes it's just you know how you how you actually feel when you mm. you, you go out and think. But I, yeah, I'm not I'm not one of them in your face people either um but if i do see someone that you know i like the look of or something especially in london as well uh, it, yeah. it, you know i, I mean a brighton as well i think brighton's a you, get a, lot of characters where, thing, you yeah. get a lot of characters so it, it, it's quite easy and i think people get used to you know if you're a, a character or you're someone who dresses quite glamorously um i think you're you expect people to come yeah, and ask definitely, you yeah and, and i also I, I also think that if you're shooting with a film camera it's so expensive, lot of, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Because uh, if you have a DSLR, it looks like a rocket launcher. But if you have a little old Leica, or especially a Rolleiflex or a TLR, or something, I need a Shikamat, and it was the easiest picture to get someone to take a picture of ever.
1: Yeah, because they, they see the camera and straight away they're intrigued by that. Yeah. And, but they're then quite happy to strike up a conversation with Definitely. you. You know, and it's normally, oh, is that film? you know oh can, can you still get film and you know yeah. it, it it well i i don't know whether that's so much now because it seems in the last 2 years or so that um film films has made such a big com- comeback that uh, virtually every other person you see on the street now is actually shooting with film cameras i mean before this lockdown mm-hmm. uh, i i'm normally in london maybe two weekends out of every every month and um there's uh, a group that's run by London uh, Camera Project, which he normally has a meet once a month. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're all film shooters, uh, that, but you do see so many people out there with film cameras nowadays.
2: Mm. I think that's, yeah, that's kind of a testament of film. And I think it's similar with vinyl as well, just like other analogue mediums, it's starting to get a big comeback in, um, especially like uh, adolescents like my age. Mm. I don't know why that is, really. I think it's because we didn't grow up with it, um, and there's kind of like a resurgence of it, and there's that interest of, oh, this is so old, how come it still works?
1: Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. See
2: More of a curiosity to see how people did things before our time, because I was a born bit. in 1999. Well, cassettes were on the way out when I was born.
1: Okay, yeah. Yeah, well, with me because I'm I'm an old man, so I'm like, you know, I I've I've seen it, been through it all, sort of thing. This is sort of second time round for me, kind of thing with it. But I noticed that with you being at uni now, that you're actually, or you did have to go and get a digital camera. Is that is that oh, right?
2: Yeah, I, I had a digital camera before. It's a little Nikon, but um, I traded it out for a 5D2. Uh, I just got my first L lens. So I'm getting a more serious digital kit now. I have got a nice flash and stuff like that. It's just—it's not an amazing digital kit. It's a—it's quite old, but you know, it's better than I than I had.
1: Are, uh, you, enjoy, are you enjoying shooting digital though?
2: I think it's very different to film. I use it mostly for jobs or say if I need results quickly. It's like kind of like what a Polaroid camera would be used for in studios. But, um, oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I, I use it as like a proof or sometimes I will go out and shoot digital just because it's of the quality that you get from it. Um, yeah, I'm trying to, I think I will be shooting a lot more digital in the future um, just because it lets me take way more pictures and I'm getting more snap happy
1: by the day. <laughs> oh, you say that though, but I mean the the day we were out um, in Regent's Park, you seemed quite snap happy. Oh. Um, Shooting click, p- click, click, click. Yeah, ch- chasing after pigeons and shooting oh, them. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I
2: remember that. Yeah. Hey, Mike, can I take your picture for the seventh time?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was a good day out there. I mean, it's a shame because I, I think um, Michael was looking to uh, organise another meet-up to actually go along to the um, photographic fair again this year. Yeah. And, of course, now all this has happened, so it's made a... Mm. sorry we we will,
2: sorry Now i think i think we will sort something out i was supposed to go to the photography show at the NEC in
1: birmingham but that got cancelled oh um, yeah I, w- I was supposed to be going to that as well
2: oh really oh i never knew well
1: oh yeah no because um because there was a, a big analog presence going to be there Yeah, that was yeah. Some of the Wonderland. and some of the groups that i'm in um they were saying oh they're going to they're meet up so there was quite a lot of people actually going to meet up on the saturday um, so it was like, well, yeah, we'll we'll go along and you know, be, sort of support the cause as it as it were.
2: Oh yeah, uh, hopefully we'll we'll find something to reschedule it for. Don't worry. Um, I don't know. It's, last year was very un- impromptu. We just kind of threw it together. But um...
1: yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, because what was it? Um, Mike came up from Cardiff and Adam came down from Leeds, didn't he? Just, i think so yeah yeah just for the day kind of thing so yeah uh, uh it's nice to meet up with people though and um you know get out and shoot with them mm. you know that that that's the one thing i like about the organized photo walks i mean do you do they have anything like that going on down uh in southampton or they have quite York? a lot actually yeah um uh,
2: in my area i'm i'm good friends with a photographer called matt maber he's um a Portsmouth-based photographer, and he goes on loads of these, um, you know, the, what's it, Unusual Eye, um, Animal Mystery. Oh, annals yeah. Yeah, yeah, his, his photo walks. And every single time I was supposed to go on one, um, I wouldn't go. Uh, I didn't want to not go, but it would be things like, the day would come, and I would be absolutely exhausted, and it would be like eight o'clock, <sighs> and I'd just kind of fall back asleep. <laughs> And i just say to Matt, like, sorry, it was cloudy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I do need to get around to going to one. I've heard they're amazing. Um, He does a lot of ones in Brighton and Worthing. And, um, yeah, I I need to go to one. They're fantastic.
1: I I think Anil's based in uh, Brighton anyway, so Mm. they're they're good because, you know, it's the social, like like most things, Mm. it's the social aspect. And, you know, it's just meeting new people, chatting. And and also, you know, sort of... um, seeing new cameras that's always the thing you know if you're sure. um, if, you, if you if you suffer from gas uh, oh, yeah. that, that you know it, it might not be the best place to go to but um mm. you know the amount of times that i've come back and gone oh, oh i've seen this lovely camera i want one of them and then the following week i'm out again and i see something else and it's like oh yeah that's another camera i want you know and it's yeah. um it's just, a vicious cycle isn't it it is a vicious cycle yeah and it, and to be honest saying that though back in the back in the day um you know without sort of harping on about it, I was quite happy. I mean, uh, I've just done a piece for Emulsif. Do you, do you know Emulsif? Oh, yeah,
2: Emulsif, yes. Mm.
1: Yeah, I've just done a piece for him. I've done He, he said it'd be about six weeks before it goes up. Mm. But, I mean, my camera, my very first camera was my Olympus OM10 with a 50mm uh, 1, 1.8. And I, I was happy with that, you mm. know, thing, and I, I, I shot... I got that in 1980 and I shot with that up until I think it must have been about 98, 99. Oh, wow. Um, And then I was shooting with, I had, well, it wasn't actually mine, it was my wife's because it was the last uh, film camera that we actually used for my daughter who was born in 2000. Um, It was a... Olympus Moody, but it was like a champagne color one. It was, I don't know, a 38 to 105 zoom lens or something. And um, I think so, you know, I was always happy with them. Ne- never thought about other cameras and, you know, sort of going into medium format and stuff like that. Uh, you said that you shoot Holger, but is that the only medium format that you shoot?
2: Um, well, I started off with uh, like one of those Canon EOS film cameras. Mm-hmm. Um, I got off my uncle, and I needed it for the photography um, A-level I was doing at college. And I, I was really happy with that. I used that for a whole year, um, shot dozens and dozens of rolls with it. It's, I still use it now. It works fine. Um, and then I just kind of – I got fed, too. I was like, oh, this is fun. And then I just kind of snowballed from there, and then I wasted loads of money on cameras. <laughs> There's a really nice camera shop near me called Arundel Photographica, Um it's uh there's a guy called Tim who owns it and he gives me such good deals on film cameras. I can't really say no. <laughs>
1: okay.
2: Yeah, um I shot on brownies and stuff. Um I've never actually used a Holger, but I do have a um a folding camera. It's a Voigtlander better one and I use that for my medium format
1: stuff. Oh okay. Is that is that uh is that six by nine or or is it uh, it's six by nine it? and you can yeah. have a mask to turn it six four five. Oh right, okay, yeah. Yeah, because them 6x9 negatives are lovely.
2: Oh, especially slides.
1: I, I Well, I've got a 6x9 box camera, which I picked up for four quid for this project that, I, that I'm in, and uh, that shoots 6x9, and I was amazed the first time I actually saw the nicks from it.
2: Yeah, they're huge.
1: Yeah, they are.
2: I've never actually shot 4x5 or 8x10. I've always wanted to, but, you know, I, I was looking on eBay... I, I caught myself red-handed on eBay looking at um, micro presses and speed graphics. <laughs> no, no, Charlie, no. Well, I ha- had, have money for that.
1: Well, have you seen the new Chroma Snapshot?
2: I've not. No. What is it?
1: Well, the, the Chroma Snapshot is a, a four x five handheld um, camera. What?
2: what a yeah. Point and shoot. Yeah. Basically, <laughs>
1: um, if you. Yeah, uh, because Steve from Chroma Camera, his original one was, um, you know, the the uh, Bellows-type camera. You know, we mount it on a tripod and everything else. But he's basically, this year, he's brought out, or he was actually going to release it at the photography show. Uh, It's called The Snapshot, and basically it shoots 4x5, but handheld. And, uh, yeah, look, and it's under 200 (laughs) pounds.
2: It's under,
1: under, yeah. Oh, I thought you
2: uh, have a small car. You need to like pull it around on a trolley.
1: No, it, I, I mean it's big. It's big, <laughs> but it's it, but it's not. It's not massively big. I mean the the only uh, other thing is uh, is obviously you have to pick up a lens, and then obviously um, you know your dark slide things for putting your legs in and whatnot. So, uh, but I think uh, I think uh, who was it? A Sunny sixteen. Graham from Sunny sixteen was saying that you could probably get the whole kit, lens and, you know, some um, film holders and whatnot for roughly around 500 quid. That's
2: not too bad then, yeah.
1: No, that, that uh, you know, I kind of looked at that and thought, mm, yeah, I can afford that, but I <gasps> got, I've got got to be careful at the moment. <laughs> my, mi- my missus will kill me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Fortunately, I don't have one to, uh, to bother me, so...
1: Yeah. Oh, well, it's, like, like I said to both my daughters, you know, while you're, you're still living at home and um, thinking you, you've got money coming in, you know, do what you want with it. Because once you're tied down to a house and family and married, you won't be doing any of that <laughs> sort of thing. It's a gas. <laughs>
2: Speaking of large format, um, Adam canick has some ridiculous cameras. He has. I think, um, I think uh, whoever's making that camera needs to take a few pages out of his book. He had that, when we went to that meet-up, He had that um, magazine-fed, was it 4x5? Oh,
1: yeah, 4x5, With yeah. the massive,
2: oh, my. We used it yeah. as a tripod for, uh, for our other cameras, because it was just like a table.
1: And, and he'd done well. I mean, he said it wasn't heavy. It felt heavy, and he lugged that around with him all day. Legend. Yeah, he got some nice shots from it, though. He did get some nice shots from it. I mean, because he, he was shooting peel-apart um, Polaroid oh, as well. Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, that, which which came out really well, and so you, you you're kind of tempted for ah. the large format then.
2: Yes, <laughs> I'm just I'm trying to resist. Um, I'm, I'm, I've been thinking about trading out my Leica 3f for a two. Oh, okay. Just because I want it, I want something a bit older, you know. Um, I've been looking at the
1: uncoated Sumars and just stuff like that, just for a bit more vintage, you know. Yeah, you you sort of do go for the um, the older type camera.
2: Yeah, know? I do. Uh, I, it's weird that I started off with all this um, EOS stuff, and some of my best t- pictures are taken on that EOS. So you get a lot more control on it, and you can do double exposures and stuff. And that, that's the
1: 500, isn't it? Yeah, 500N.
2: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that, that's I'm the not
1: one
2: I'm at. My 24, to 105 on it, and it's just you get it back, and you're like, are you sure that's not digital? <laughs>
1: Yeah, that uh, actually because I was starting to struggle using my OM10, I was finding out that I was having problems focusing because, like I say, being an old man, your eyes start to go. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I picked up one of them uh, EOS five hundred ends, and I've got a twenty eight to ninety lens on it. And like I say, yeah, you look at some of the images you get back, and you think, oh, did I shoot that digital or not? <laughs> yeah. So what's next for you then what are you what or what have you got planned once this lockdown quarantine goes away
2: well um after this is over i uh, i gotta finish my degree um well at least the first year of it and in the summer if i got enough money saved up and um you know i can make it work then i'm planning on traveling like uh, norway sweden finland's like a trip through Scandinavia, if I can do it cheaply, because I know um, you can get flights cheap there and hostels relatively cheap. But then the things like food and transport and wow, yeah, it's expensive there. So yeah,
1: yeah. we'll see. Oh, that's good. That's good. So, so what is your um, degree in? Uh, I'm doing a media production degree, so it's a BA with honours,
2: at um, Southampton. So
1: okay, okay. So and is that's what you're hoping to once you finish that get into that um type of uh, thing for you for an actual job
2: yeah i, I kind of i took the degree because i didn't know what i wanted to do specifically you know um and halfway through my first semester i kind of i was having a photography lecture because it's kind of a, a bit of a mix so it's a bit photo video audio producing um website design stuff like that so it's a bit of a jack of all trades um degree and i was I was having a photography lecture, and I look. I looked at my lecture as he was talking. I was kind of thinking to myself, "I could do this. I, I love chatting nonsense about cameras. I could get paid to do that. Wow, <laughs> that's a real job." Um, so after this degree's over, I plan on doing um, a PGCE in higher education. So for people who don't know, that's a um, it's a qualification that you teach in colleges, basically. Oh, okay. In the UK, colleges are different to universities um yep. so hopefully go and teach in photography at a college and then potentially go to university from there.
1: so so that is your sort of um you, you'd actually like to actually be, be teaching people uh photography
2: yeah that's kind of my plan of action i love talking about cameras i love talking about photography um and if i can teach people then you know i might as well get back to the world if um if it's something i love doing
1: yeah and i i, I guess I like most of us if we could do our hobby as uh, living um it just makes life a lot easier and probably a lot, stre- a lot less stressful
2: yeah of course um i don't think i i do have a friend who's who's my age uh his name's scott the guy who we're traveling with he's a professional photographer now and he's 20 21
1: oh okay um, yeah he
2: makes a living off it though like he's just quit his job um obviously with the lockdown now he's had to go back to the job but um yeah, he's, he's does he does weddings full time and, and properties and food and all sorts. And I don't know how he makes it work. He's he's got a good mind, on him, but um, I don't think that's something I could do. I'd I, I don't think I could be self-employed aside from doing all these little zines and books and stuff. Um, yeah, I just do this because I love it. But I don't think I could make like a reasonable living off photography.
1: Yeah, I, to be honest, I think it's you know it is a hard uh, a hard uh, trade to be in nowadays I think it's not you know it, it's not like it was you know even 10 15 year ago and um, I mean I've got a friend who does uh, portraits and stuff like that and yeah I, I think he's um, he's found his niche where he's doing a lot of models and stuff like that but he's working for an agency as well so he, he gets a regular income I, I think from that so that that that's quite good but to actually you know be going out there and chasing the work nowadays just seems so difficult
2: Definitely, yeah. Um, I am friends with my local lab owner. Um, his name's Duncan, and I come around and I help him with his computers and stuff, and he gives me free developing and film. <laughs> and I know how to work all the processing machines and all the scanners and everything. So in that sense, I do technically work at a lab, but I oh, really. right. the only thing I, I work with is, is developing my own film so and helping him when his computers break.
1: So do you uh, i mean you say develop your own film so you develop at home do you do color and black and white
2: I do black and white at home and I'll go to the lab if i need color uh, slides I mail off
1: oh right okay yeah uh, yeah because slides can can be a bit um can be a bit hit and miss that that they're a little bit more temperamental than even um doing color negatives
2: mm, definitely um I do have uh, at university we have um we have facilities for black and white and colour processing and black and white and colour darkrooms as well. So um, when I found there, I, I kind of, like, I did a double take to make sure it was even real. <laughs> um, normally it's reserved just for, like, photography students.
1: Okay, yeah. Um,
2: but I had a word with a guy in charge. I was like, can I develop some film here? Otherwise I'll just do it in my sink. And he's like, sure, go go ahead. So I just, I, I think I... I've kind of like befriended everyone doing the photography course, including the second and third years, and everyone just kind of knows me. I'll go into the reprographics room to do some scanning, and I'll just be like, "Hey," and everyone will be like, "You're right, Charlie." Um. Um, yeah, I'm kind of like I'm like the the dad of all the photography students.
1: Ah, oh, this I I mean,
2: one of the first years came in, and he was like, "Charlie, I need some help with uh, with developing color film. Can you help me?" And he's got a Mamiya Six Four Five. He got his uncle. I was like, "I would kill for that camera." <laughs>
1: Oh. Uh. Uh, but it, uh, like you say, it's nice to be able to, you know, help out um, people. I like to like say, I mean, if I, you know, occasionally people will ask me about how to process something, you know, they, they've shot a film that was at 400 and they've shot it at 600 and, you know, they're like, well, what do I do now? What, how can I thing? And it's nice just being able to, you know, give back a little bit and Definitely say, well, get. you know, this is, you know, this is how, it, how you can get around that problem.
2: Mm. I think it's just kind of like there's something really satisfying about being able to pass on your knowledge and help people and I think that's what really I get out of teaching i I don't really teach many people I've met a couple of people in photography and teaching them film and stuff but yeah I know i mean even things like when I shoot the band that i shoot um they a lot uh, one of the guys the the front man he's he's keen on film himself and um we' were always going Talking about film and oh, what you're shooting, and it's good to have someone who understands that, you know, um, especially like as, as an artist supporting another artist, but but more in the sense that he he gets all the effort that goes into the film um, and developing it and scanning it and everything, and that's why I love doing it, you know,
1: is because yeah. I know that they really appreciate it. Yeah, of course, of course. I mean, so the bands that you shoot are they bands in your local area, um, yeah, is it your just- hometown? Yeah,
2: it's just my hometown, really. Um, they've done a couple of gigs, but it's mostly just Worthing, Brighton, that sort of area, punk rock. So, oh, right. Flash Flash, um, long shot speeds. Yeah, I, I've made some really nice images, and some of my favourite images are with that band. I, I know, it's just, I think film and music, especially like punk rock music, it's just, they're a really good match.
1: Yeah, well, it, it, it kind of, it's got that, um, it, and it's that kind of zine ethos as well, you know? Definitely, punk, yeah punk film um, and zines all, all kind of go together, you know. It, it's yeah. all that stuff that came out, you know, sort of uh, mid to late 70s. It's
2: mm. a lot of expired film. Um, I pushed t to 6400 and did that, and that looked great. Um, you can't really go wrong, really, to be honest.
1: <laughs> I, I didn't think you were a great lover of t though. I thought uh, you were more I of used like to it. hate
2: it. And then I, I got a couple of rolls of expired TMAX 100, and I've shot some pictures on that. It was a misty day, and I went out, and um, I don't know if you know the picture I posted of that horse with all the trees behind it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was on TMAX, and I kinda, I got it back in the scanner, and I was like, oh, my God, okay, I need to shoot more of this. Um, TMAX P3200 I shoot a lot of. Um, I prefer it to the Ilford stuff. Um, mostly because I found a source of it that was cheaper but um, I don't really know if they're going anymore
1: <laughs> yeah because um, I i mean I, I like T-Max but I think well I did like T-Max when I first started shooting again and but I think the reason that I liked it was because it was so sharp that it gave you that um, digital kind of digital look and yeah. I've never ever been a lover of uh, HP5 even going back to you know shooting it to begin with it was just a, a film that I could never I never actually got on with it that that was the thing
2: hmm. I find that really interesting I don't know I mean I edit my my film scans a lot like I'll um I'll add a bit of contrast and do my whites and blacks and a bit of clarity and stuff and a lot of people say oh no don't you dare do that it's 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 really bad." Um, it doesn't. It's not like true film shooting or whatever. And I think it, it's more of like I do it as a stepping stone to get it towards the the, the look that I want. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll use I'll choose a film stock for its kind of like characteristics. So um, even if you edit something, you can kind of tell what film stock something was shot on. Yeah, uh, like TriX has that kind of like bright highlights, dark shadows, high contrast. Um. But I will edit stuff just to give it a bit more of, like, um,
1: artistic um, persuasion. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I I edit, I think, but, I, you know, I, I don't think there is that big problem or, you know, or perceived problem that people say, oh, if you're, you know, editing your films in digital, are they actually film anymore? And, um, you know, it, it it's like, but, if you go into a dark room, you're going to be dodging and burning, and mm. you know doing stuff like that. So it, it's you, you're moving, although you're still using the negative, you're you, you're moving away from what that pure negative would look like. Anyway. Yeah, exactly.
2: Because a pure negative anyway would just be a really low contrast thing. For different the scanners of- scan things differently, so at the end of the day, everyone's going to get a different image, even if they leave it as it is. So I think in that sense, you might as well. Um, I I don't edit the pictures to make them look like um, clarity one hundred HDR to the max like vomit inducing garbage. <laughs> um, I like to kind of make it look more like what I saw that day or or the the scene that I saw. Yeah, so, um, yeah I also course. do my like contrast, so <laughs> I'm a sucker for
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I I've shot some of this low um, ISO film, the twenty two thirty eight, and oh, we... yeah. You get really nice contrasts in that, but obviously it's um, it's a film for a, a, a kind of sunny day. But if you shoot in the shadows, you get really great contrast from it, mm. uh, and that's straight out of the actual uh, negative as well, without actually going in and um, you know doing a lot of editing to it.
2: Mm. Yeah, I've got a couple of rolls of a really strange film in my fridge. Um, it's I, I picked it up off on the eBay. Um, it was a bulk film. It's ten meters of this film called um KN4S and it's kinda like a, a motion cine film. I looked it up and I only found one result of it, like anywhere, and it was from a decade ago. Okay. Uh, it is it's Ghost Five Hundred. Um really strange film. So I ordered it and I bulk rolled some. Um it should have been four hundred. It expired in nineteen ninety-one. So I loaded a roll into my i don't know what whatever camera i was using um i kept shooting and shooting it and developing it and i managed to get it down to i've noticed if i shoot at iso 12 and develop it as hp5 then it's fine i get really good results
1: okay
2: but anything else it's it's quite picky um yeah it, it's like double x in a way i don't know it's like soviet double x
1: pretty much Oh yeah I think that's one of the issues with um the the, the cine film is that it has got uh, it, it's it has got a very small uh window for it you know what what i say you shoot it at and how you actually develop it if you go uh either side it'll go a bit weird you know
2: sure I think it's kind of like slide film in that sense mm. um I still need to get around to developing slide film in two forty one i Heard really good results from it. Um, the guy at the lab said that someone brought in a roll of the fresh E100 and cross-processed it, and it oh, okay. looked pretty fine. I was like, why would you do that to E100? That's not... <laughs> well, then again, I guess it's kind of that artistic license idea. I'd be a hypocrite if I, did it. I didn't like it. But...
1: Mm. Yeah, I, I shot a roll of that last summer. Uh, I was on a photo walk that was sponsored by Kodak, and I think the E100 had only just come out. And yeah. I shot a roll of that and yeah I, I liked it um it it's not a film I chew every day, but it is a nice film and mm-hmm. uh and and talking of different films i mean i I don't know whether you've seen Lomography have released two lots of of their sort of um kino uh cine film over the last well, month or, or so they just released one yesterday yesterday a couple of days yeah. ago
2: i've I've never really got on with lamography. i i don't know why i i don't know uh it's just like a, I think it's very different to the other kind of manufacturers like fuji and kodak and ilford they're a bit more indie i think they're more tailored to the kind of um people my age that sort of market hmm. the less kind of traditional photographers um i'm a bit i don't know i'm I'm a bit pedantic so when We're I see the traditionalists them, well, what can I say? I'm a true film shooter. I'm just kidding. I, I edit my film scans, so you know, you know. I'm I'm in exile. <laughs> um, I I don't know. It's just things like they call their color negative film Lomochrome, and it's it's not a chrome film. It's a negative no. film. So I'm yeah, like, yeah. why why would you call it that? Um, I don't know. I just I, I just don't shoot their films. I'm I'm more of a Kodak guy, to be honest.
1: I've shot their black and white, and to be honest, it's not uh, it's not a film I enjoy shooting. Um, I tend to for, personally for me, my my go to black and white film um, is always Kentmere 400. Oh yeah, I, yeah, I just love the stuff. I, you yeah. know, it, 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 it's cheap, so that's one good thing. Yeah, but I just like the results that I actually get from it. Uh, but but I have to say, uh, Lomography's um 800. Uh colour negative film. Oh
2: yeah, I've heard wonders about that. It, it works pretty absolutely
1: well. Brilliant.
2: Mm. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I okay, I can't done. fold
2: them on that, but no, nah. <laughs> nah, I started off bolt rolling with Kent four hundred actually. Um I liked it, and then I got FOMAP, and I liked that even more because it was even cheaper. <laughs> mm. Um FOMA, FOMA one hundred is fantastic. You can I pushed it up to eight hundred um successfully, but it's so cheap. You can get um you can get uh, what is it 17 meters is like 20 quid
1: 25 quid oh yeah, yeah. that is cheap yeah yeah I, i've been recently shooting foam a pan for the boxes um and that's the first time i've used it because and also it, it um it, when you develop it, it if you do that pre-wash you get this like you know neon green uh, <laughs> water coming out that, that that's a bit of a shock the first time you actually uh develop it as well mm.
2: I've also found something really interesting when i shot um when i shot that FOMA pan it in bulk it doesn't have any like markings or anything and i think that's why a lot of um like rebadge films use it it's because they could put their own edge markings on it like um
1: oh, oh, right, it? okay um
2: Cosmophoto. i think that's just um it's
1: yeah, just really co- branded, um, yeah to- Cosmo is is um is foma pen you know mm. uh, but he open he openly admits that you know it's not... Yeah. Uh, thing he's uh, yeah yeah it, 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 that's the one thing with lomography. they do tend to be a bit coy about um where their film actually comes from mm. which is uh the thing i mean a lot of it a lot of people say it's uh, is it uh oh I'm not well, no i don't think it's even for uh, is it uh, uh okay. orwell orwell All orwell yeah, a lot of people say that their black and white is Orwo um, film, but really? yeah. they they never actually you know that's the one thing with them they, they're they're not they're not very forthcoming with letting you know exactly where their their films come from. Yeah, It's a bit strange, but there you go.
2: You got companies like uh, have you ever shot um, Film Marshy?
1: No, um, no, I, I I've seen I've seen people shooting it, but it it, it does seem a very strange. Um, type of film
2: it's very specific i'll tell you that i shot a roll of uh, washi a it's um it's like motion picture leader film so it's it's the stuff that they put like title cards on and stuff oh okay and that makes it makes it extremely high contrast iso 12 the contrast i got back oh my god but i shot a really nice picture on that as well um you just need to kind of know what i kind of just guessed the situation Um, a sharp beach scene with it with a wide angle and it's just oh my yeah it's so sharp it just goes on forever it's basically infinity latitude
1: (laughs) (laughs) really Mm, oh right right well i think we've had a good chat charlie yeah i think so too and i don't want to take up too much of your saturday afternoon stroke evening
2: so for you george it's worth everything
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh thanks very much (laughs) thanks (sighs) Um, do you wanna give us your socials so people can um find where you are? Absolutely, see, yeah, sure. See what yeah. you're taking and also um you know promote your um your two zines.
2: Well thank you very much. Yeah. Um you can find me on Instagram, it's uh Charlie Tom underscore. Um it's Tom T H O M. It's uh, yeah, I I'm going off on a tangent here. But yeah, um I'm on Facebook on Charlie Tom Photo. Uh, You can find my Etsy by just looking up Charlie Tom or Coast to Coast or the nuclear option. You can find all my books there. Um, And that's about it. Thank you very much, George.
1: Thanks a lot. Thanks for coming on, Charlie. Uh, You know, it's been nice talking to you again. Uh, I mean, I know we kind of chat over, well, you know, sort of send the odd message here and there over Instagram. but. We haven't in, spoken in over a year, so you know it's it's, it's nice. Been too to... long, it? yeah, it has, and like I say, probably something would have been arranged by now, but because of the situation we're in, we can't do it. So this is the next best thing. Of course, yeah,
2: we'll, we'll sort something out eventually.
1: Yeah, we, we'll, we definitely. Hopefully, September we'll be able to. this yeah. before, before everyone. Uh, Disappears back to university.
2: Yeah, well, <laughs> I, when I'm at university, I can get up to London easier because I can get National Express. So.
1: Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Wow. Right. Thanks a lot, Charlie. Cheers, uh, uh, it's been great talking to you. And yeah, I hope people, I hope your books or your zines sell. You know, especially the new one. Uh, I, look, much, I look forward to seeing it uh, when it finally comes out. And uh, like I said, I'll pick up a copy. And
0: yeah, great. Thanks for coming on, Charlie.
2: All right, thank you, George.
0: I hope you enjoyed that, folks. Um, as usual, I will leave all the links for Charlie's socials in the show notes. And if you're interested in picking up uh, either copy of his scene, the information for his Etsy store will be there. As usual, you can contact me at Fanure with a camera or on the streets podcast on Instagram. You can also contact me via email at on the streets podcast at gmail.com. Or if you'd like to leave a voice message, you can do that via the Anchor app, or you could even send it in via email. If you enjoy this, which I hope you do, it'd be nice for you to go and subscribe. You can pick us up on apple and many other podcatchers Um, and if you do go over to apple it would be nice if you could leave a review because it does help the podcast get a bit of recognition so yeah thanks again for listening and bye for now